We've been doing we've been doing this series on brokenness, and the principle of brokenness is this: that anything great that God has done or ever will do is done through a broken life. And uh, we have seen plenty of examples of it. We've looked at illustrations and demonstrations, and and. This is going to evolve into it, but I'm not talking about brokenness tonight. I want to talk about the, I want to talk, let's go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. This is kind of the overriding theme. What I try to do is illustrate this verse on this board. Verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Somebody says, I'm saved. That doesn't mean you're wholly sanctified. The only people that can be wholly sanctified are people that are saved. It begins with salvation, but God's got more than that in store for us. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole, you ought to underline this, whole spirit and soul and body be preserved. Those ands are the polysyndeton that separates it. He says God's going to work on your spirit, your soul, and your body. And he's going to do it in that order. Uh, be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants... Uh, he says it. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy. He doesn't want you partially saved. He wants you wholly saved. And uh, so... Now then, let's go back over here to Genesis chapter 1. I want to talk about the Trinity. I've got two, I've read it three different ways and I wrote all three of them. Man's trichotomy, man's tripartite nature, or man's trinity. It's all illustrated right here and impacted by these forces on each side. What I, uh, there's nothing magic about the chart, and probably not much art to it either, but it's kind of a bits and pieces of what I have seen. Brother Jeff has got scheduled sometime this year to do a course on anthropology. What's the title of that course, brother? Anthropology and archaeology, if you didn't hear it. Hamartiology. Huh? Hamartiology. Hamartiology is the, th- is the theology of sin. When man and man's threefold being is directly affected by that. Over here's the world's windows to the soul. He said, I pray that your whole Spirit, soul, and body be sanctified to the coming of the Lord. It all begins in the Spirit. If you notice, I've got a big black X here. This, the, uh, the, the body is what you see up here. This is not Wayne Hudson, but this is the earth suit that Wayne Hudson wears. And But it's through this body that Wayne Hudson has world consciousness. One, you know, back there sometime in the ancient days, my mother had a baby, and I began to explore the world. I learned to see and touch and feel and taste and all of those things. 
when I did that, here, here I am, world conscious in my body. You don't have to be Bible conscious to be world conscious. In fact, there's whole crowds running that street every day out there that have no, no God knowledge at all, but they have world consciousness. Most of what you see on your television set is driven only by world consciousness. No, no God knowledge at all. You, talk, you hear the politicians speak. They may quote a verse out of context, but they have no God knowledge. They've got world knowledge. And they're, they're dominated by sight, smell, taste, touch, hearing. So let's go to Genesis just a minute. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. If you back up a verse or two, uh, about verse 20, let's, let's say 24. There's a little more going on before that, but just start right here. God said, and God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after its kind. And it was so. And the God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. That's the creation of every little dog, every little cat that we call fur babies and adopt them as our children. They're not. They don't go to heaven. They have no soul. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. Whose image? God's image. In that trinity image you notice there's a trinity over there in God's territory and there's a trinity right here the whole animal world does not have a trinity they have no soul everything that 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 dog you know the smartest dog that ever lived everything he does he does by uh, his nature it's it's his nature that he or he does it by commandment from a trainer. Someone's trained him. To, I used to think uh, Trigger was half human when old Roy Rogers was handling. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was just a, just a horse. And the whole world, you see it's two creations. Do you see that? I gave you two creations. One of them is created after the cattle is created after the kind of the cattle. And the dogs are created after the kind of the dogs. And the cats are created after the kind of the cats. And the animals are created after the animals. But when you come to the man, God said, let us make man in our nature. It's not just a trinity, but God has a soul. A living soul. In this soul, we had body conscious. The body gives us world conscious through smell, taste, touch, hearing. You ought to notice these two. There's, I'm not going to go to these verses. You can copy them down if you want them. But sight is one of the senses. But the Bible indicates that God, that Satan's door to the soul is through our eyesight. He says it several times. I don't have near the verses that you could put up there. And then, down here, there's not but one way that God ever, that we ever get God's knowledge. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Salvation without the Word of God is not salvation. Salvation without hearing that Word is questionable. 
somebody had to preach it. He's going to, he's going to, that whole 10th chapter of Romans, he's going to deal with that. How can they believe on him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? There's all those verses. And then he says, faith comes by hearing. Without faith, 11.6 of Hebrews, without faith it's impossible to please God. Get this. You can't join anything. You can't sign anything. You can't vow anything. You can't do anything that will please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is so simple. We don't, we, uh, the whole world disdains it. Those Muslims who've got to make trips and, and go to some great, the, the Roman Catholic, the Roman Catholic in America are not Roman Catholics by world standards. But the Roman Catholic Church demands a payment for sin. That's what that confession is about every week in that confessional booth. That's what the payment to the priest is about. It's something you can do that will resolve yourself and prepare you for, for heaven. But the Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Right. And without faith it's impossible to please God. So, there's the that's body gives us world conscience. Now, over here, in this, in this, I've got this divided into three pieces: the mind, the will, and the emotion. Yeah. Every every person in the world has a soul because God created them with a soul. Yeah. In one twenty six, in His pattern, in that soul. We have a mind. We can, we can uh, reason, and we have a conscience. Bible said every man has a conscience. Every man knows when he is not right with God. And the emotions, the feelings. I mean, you're up one day, down one day. Uh, sometimes we can't figure it out. We were so excited about God and all of a sudden we've... Have you ever been here? you just down and moping and groping and looking and you can't figure it out. And then one, then you come over here and open your Bible or you hear some song or you hear some verse and suddenly you warm up and you're back. A a happy, saved, headed for heaven Christian again. Yeah. So, I, I, there's a lot of verses go with all of that, but the mind is made. Uh, I said this is the earth suit that Wayne Hudson wears. You don't know Wayne Hudson, but I do. I know how wicked he can be, but I know how how hungry he can be for God and I know how uh, weak he is and how willful he is. And over here's a big X. Every lost person in this world has a dead spirit. Romans 5.12 By one man sin entered the world and death by sin. And now Death is passed to all men because all have sinned. And we could go back to the Garden of Eden and see those two, those two happy, ignorant humans who were in the fellowship of God and committed sin and lost that, that presence of God in their life. And that, Somebody said, well, they didn't die. Yes, they did die. Romans 5.12 said they died that day when they lost their spirit. Without a spirit, there's no God consciousness. Here's, here's God's window on the soul. Every, every, I put all these here 
they're impacting every day this body. What I see, what I smell, what I taste, what I touch, what I hear, they impact me and I have an attitude. I can have feelings about it. I can, you know, you can get excited about anything. Remember when you got excited about the, I remember coming, when we came to Fort Worth the first time, I was about nine or ten years old, eleven years old, something. My my great-grandma lived over here on Roosevelt and just off Hazel Avenue there where the big church is, I can't, Rosen Heights Baptist Church. That's where we went to church on Sunday morning. And uh, But across the street from her house was a school with a playground. I'd never been, I'd never had access every day, any time, to a playground. I thought that was the greatest thing that ever, I'd ever seen that you could go. My school didn't have a playground. We're doing good to have a building. We, we played work up Softball, that's all I knew to do on the playground. But uh, they had a playground. And we could go over there two or three times a day if we wanted to, stay as long as we wanted to, going up and down those. I found out they had something else. They had chiggers. <laughs> My school didn't have chiggers. And anyway, everything's got a price. I guess that's the story. <laughs> But it was a, you, you've done something that excited you, got you all pumped up, and at the end of it, it was just temporary. You thought it was going to be the best thing you ever, you ever buy one of them good looking automobiles and it turned out to be a lemon. I had the coolest automobile in Amarillo, a 1959 Galaxy it was solid red, chrome all over, hard top. Oh, it was neat. The guy I bought it for him was the was the radio disc jockey that was the most cool guy in town. He never changed oil in his car. And wasn't long till I had an oil pump plugged up and all my lifters were rattling and couldn't get up and down. And it wasn't so cool after that. You ever done that? I'd have sold my soul for that red truck, that red car that day. Well, that comes out of this will. You are who you will to be. That will is impacted by all of these senses. Every one of those will, every one of those roll on us and we decide if we like it or don't like it, if we want it or we don't want it. If we're going to do it or we're not going to do it. You need to get that part down. Because over here's a dead spirit and there's no God conscious. But God, somebody thinks I didn't finish this. God, here's God's window to the soul. It begins in God's territory. And it comes through Jesus Christ. And it comes through the Holy Spirit. I've got a bunch of verses that I don't have up here that I need up here, but I'll show you a couple of them in a minute. And as we follow it, it, it here's God's purpose for every man. Salvation, sanctification, and glorification. Salvation begins in the Spirit. Sanctification is the work of the soul. The reason we're here tonight is, is to most everybody here has made a profession of faith and are saved. But most everybody here is in some stage of spiritual growth. We call it soul, we call it spiritual growth. It's really soul growth. See, over here, in our will, as a lost person with no no God consciousness, we've we've got we got those we got those uh, sin roads all over our soul. Some of us have got eight lane 
freeways down through our soul. We have given our soul to the devil most of our life and he has made tracks up and down through our soul. But somehow, through the mercy of God, we heard the word of God and even in the depth of the deepest sin, we heard that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Amen. So he says over in, let me, let's look at two verses. He says in John chapter 3, to the most religious man in Israel, here's what he said. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you understand it? If you've got this X'd out in your soul, in your person, you can't see the king. You can't understand the kingdom of God. You can't enter the kingdom of God. You you can't even understand what's being said about the kingdom of God. That's what he says in that verse. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You get it? That word born again is regenerate. We get our word regenerate. It's regened. Uh, it's genaho. And then he's, the word again is from above. Anothen. What he says is you've got to be reborn from above. He's going to say in five. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water. I got off on a tangent. I was, you know, the word, the, the Bible is called water. And there's some preachers that are preaching that what he said here is, you got to be born of the Bible and of the Spirit. And I, I followed that trail a while, but what do you think, let me ask you a question. What do you think Nicodemus thought he was talking about when he said, can I enter again into my mother's womb? Right, exactly. What do you think he, was t he thought he was talking about? He's talking about a physical birth right here on this earth. So the water birth, I'm going to say, is physical birth, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And he's going to say, but uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him. Wait a minute now. The, the most lost person in the world has a will. In fact, if I had time, we'd go back over to Genesis and I'd, sh I'd show you one of the resemblances of... He said, let's make man in our image. God absolutely has a will. Whatever He wills, that's the way it is. Yeah. What, His will is always 100%. Over in Genesis chapter 5, it says... it. Adam lived 110 years before he had a son after his own image. What was his own image? Well, if you read chapter uh, 5 and 6, his image is godliness. A, a, an appreciation of the things of God. So somewhere in our sin nature, somewhere in our dead con with all these tracks of the devil all over our soul, we heard somebody preach or we heard Grandma tell us or somebody gave us a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ and faith came by hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen? Amen. That's how we got saved. It may have been, you might give your, your testimony a little different, but every testimony is just a testimony that I did not do anything except believe. I did that out of my will. You got a choice in every message you hear. You can accept it, believe it, or you can reject it. 
And folks that are unsaved, been in church all all these years and still unsaved, here's, here's your problem. You have never submitted your will to the Lord. When you submit that will, you're in charge of your will. When you submit that will, you can be saved. If you don't submit that will, you'll never be saved. In fact, he's going to say you're already under the wrath of God. Till you submit your will. 77-year-old man got down on one of these chairs the other day and gave his heart to Jesus out of his will. He's been in hundreds of services and he had, he'd been baptized and he looked like he had it all together, but he submitted his will that day to the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. You might have I did it as a 12-year-old boy. I had just as big a battle, I believe, as anybody ever had. I'd already been baptized. I'd already been a church member. I, I was a good little Sunday school boy. And, I, and when, you know, when things, I could always fall back and say, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm a member of the church. You can be a member of every church. You can be baptized till you look like a prune. But until you submit your will to the Lord, you're not saved. It's called repentance. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. When you submit your will, hey, it's no problem to surrender my will to His will. If I understand it, that's repentance. That's a portion of repentance. So, somewhere along the way, Let's say, let's say that 99.9% of us in this room have surrendered our will. That day, look here, God's window to the soul. How are we going to get there? Well, we're going to take this will of God. Oh, See, it came, came through God, through Jesus. God, God, in His foreknowledge, had us saved long before we was ever born. Jesus on the cross, somebody said when he was on the cross, I was on his mind long, hey, before the world ever spun into existence, before sin was ever committed, I was on his mind. He already had me marked as a target for the, for the mercy and grace of God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, it came through Jesus. I don't have I, I I don't know I doubt if I get here, but over in John thirteen fourteen fifteen he's going to reiterate this promise. I'm going away, but I'm going to give you the Comforter, the Paracletos, and when he comes he's going to dwell in you. When he comes he's going to come with all knowledge. When he comes he's going to give you knowledge, and you can serve me because he. <coughs> He's going to come and glorify me and through Him you can glorify me. So, through the Holy Spirit and salvation. We'll forget about these two for just a minute. And we come over here and we hit the target. It's a... It's a... It's a direct hit. And everything over here comes alive. I mean, everything here has got that spirit. That spirit has been born from above. That's what he promised. I've got some verses if you want them. I I just want to get the picture clarified to you. And then we'll go to it a little more. So, So now... See this piece of meat over here in the body called a brain? That's all it is. But somehow or another, that brain becomes saturated with God knowledge. And you'll never, you can't wipe it out. You can sin, but you can't wipe out the knowledge of God once you're saved. And guess what? This mind, he said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. 
He says over in 1 Corinthians, you have the mind of Christ. So here, out of the brain, into the mind, into my soul, into my emotions, into my self-consciousness, into my will, comes all the salvation of God. Okay, I'm on, I'm on, I know I don't have, I, I can't track all this scripturally for you, but I'll give you scriptures if you want them. And we'll try to do it through the scripture next week. But here's what I want to say. In 1952, on a Sunday night in August, I gave my heart to Jesus. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I could sing old little old choruses out of the uh, out that was. I've been in Sunday school classes. I knew a verse or two, but I got totally and completely saved spiritually that night. There has never been any need for any more work in my spirit. My spirit was saved. In 1952, before y'all were ever born, most of you. It took me a while. I mean, see this line here, this line kind of went like this for a while. Because I kept, my will kept, all this stuff kept impacting. Took me a while to get it settled that I am a child of God. I am a servant of God. I am born and righteous as in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Took me a while to get that in my soul. That that brain had to soak up more. Thank God somebody kept me in church and kept preaching to me. I told you about my old-fashioned preacher. He wouldn't let up. He just kept preaching to me. And at, at home, I, my dad was a wise father. I'd have a buddy. I had a buddy that lived out there in the country. And it, Sunday afternoon, I got the bright idea. I'd go out there with him, come back to school Monday morning. We want him to be in church Sunday night. We'll play games and have big times. So I went to dad and I said, Oh, Jackie wants me to go home with him. Dad said, Is he going to go to church? I said, no, he's going out there to his house. He said, well, you can't go then. We go to church on Sunday night. That's right. Thank God for a dad. Thank God for a dad who's wise enough not to let the teenager bamboozle him. He loved me, but he wouldn't let me use him. He was, he was, he was going to be dad no matter what the situation was. He knew what was right. He wanted me to be right. Y'all get it? It's a different game in most families today. Most families, the kids rule the roost. One day, little junior won't be the star athlete or the star student over at somebody's school. He'll be that sinner running from God, living away from God, and breaking your heart with what he does. Dad didn't let me do that. So, so eventually, I got to a place that I realized everything depended on God. Everything I'd ever be and everything that I would ever become depended on Him. When that happened, my, my, my body has been uh, perspective of this when that happened then I begin to serve him out of my body but it's through my spirit Galatians chapter 5 let's, let's look at Galatians chapter 5 I'm skipping a lot of stuff I know that but we've we just got a few minutes more Galatians 5, he says this. 
in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look here. As long as this was dead over here, I couldn't have any choice. I didn't have any choice. I had to walk. Look, read Romans. Uh, read First John chapter 2 sometimes. He said everything in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. And it only continues momentarily. Only what's gone for, gone, done by God will last. He says that about 15, 16 of chapter 2 of First John. Where are we living? Be honest, Christian. Where are we living? We're walking after the flesh 90% of the time, at least. Most of us, 98%. We live after the flesh. What we like, that's what we do. If we don't like it, we don't do it. We live, I mean, spiritual. We don't even talk about spiritual anymore. I mean, the theology of today is don't even mention it. Just give them a good time. Go and make them happy. Let them come, let them entertain them. And that's the object of user-friendly. That's what the churches are teaching. We have turned our schools over to the flesh. We've turned our Congress over to the flesh. We've turned our nation over to the flesh. And we're reaping the product. Hey, look here. In Galatians chapter 5, look here. Verse number 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. They are, these are contrary, the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. And he names them adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. That means unrestrained immorality. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. He said, They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you, if you take that where we live, I read something broke my heart this week about the pastors in America and something like... Uh, 60% of pastors in America believe that Jesus might have sinned while he was on the earth. And that if we live in sin, it's okay if we're sincere in our life toward him. And huh? I don't know where you get that stuff, but it's invaded our country. This says... They, they that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's right. that, the works of the flesh. Then he begins to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. I didn't get this on my chart. I was going to. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace, you can't see. You don't know if I have love or joy or peace. Only me and God know that. Love, joy, and peace. We talked about, you know, remember that day when we all took a test and they said, you've got the gift of this or that or the other, the spiritual gift test. I never did figure out how, how fleshly people could judge spiritual gifts. Did you? Love, joy, and peace. Nobody can, I can't tell you if you got love, joy, and peace. You can smile and Say amen and I think you're saved and happy in Jesus, but I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Those are those are gifts that personal gifts. Then he says long suffering, gentleness, goodness. Love, joy, peace is inward inward gifts. Long suffering, gentleness, goodness. 
are outward gifts. Everybody around you ought to know whether you've got long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Me and Andrew, I mean me and Daniel, we hit it about at least once a week. He'd give away the store if we'd let him. He just loves people and he wants to help people and he's willing. I'm not as long-suffering as he is. I mean, I'm not as good as he is. I've, I've been... I've, I've done been bit a time or two and I'm careful I'm more careful but you know he admonishes me every time when he says well I just think we need to help him it's a it's a spiritual gift you understand what I'm saying sometimes we got I mean we we as people I don't want to get off track, but over in Hebrews chapter 10, he said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Did you know that verse does not say that you're going to be better off if you assemble? What that verse says is you're going to be a blessing if you assemble, and your brother or sister in the church will be better off if you assemble with them. So assemble yourself and do, he said, so much the more as you see that day approach. When you miss, somebody here is, not, is missing a blessing. When you miss, you may have had a big time somewhere, but somebody here missed you and missed the blessing you could have been to them. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, outward gifts. And could I say independent Baptists could use a bunch of that? And then there's Faith, meekness, temperance. Those are not inward gifts or outward gifts. They're upward gifts. That's those things we give back to God because He's given to us. How we worship Him. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. I've got a ton of verses, but so... Here's salvation. We got saved. Then there's sanctification. Somewhere along the way it dawns, dawns on us. I don't know where my red pencil went. Oh, I, I want to put a little more red on there. Somewhere along the way it dawns on us that I need to get out of myself and, and do something for the Lord Amen. and others. I need to go on visitation and tell somebody about Jesus. I need to be there to sing my song or play my instrument or do whatever I do just for the glory of God. It comes out of here down through the body and all you see is their suit. But what I've seen is God bringing it from heaven and putting it in my heart and stirring my soul. You understand? When that soul gets stirred, you can't hold it. You're going to boil over. And that's what we need. That's called soul growth. Well, here we are. I'm, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but it's above 80. I'm I'm nearly as old as C.R. Brother Wayne, it looks like a smiley face with a black eye. <laughs> yeah. But here's, here, go ahead, Brother Gary. Yeah. And, and we can't get away from that. Uh, I've got a verse, but I don't know where it's at. What he says, what he says, I think it's in Galatians, is that love overcomes my will. Love will always overcome. If I love God, 
with a real love. He says, Jesus said, John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. 21, He that hath my commandments and doeth them, he it is that loveth me. Over in Corinthians, he said, it's the love of Christ that constrains us. I had a guy invite me for a soul. I, I don't have time to tell that story. Y'all, y'all have to get it after. after. But, but we, do what we, we do what we do because we love it. If we love God, see, if we spent time, if, we, if we've opened our hearts to Him for salvation, well, if I'm depending on 1952 when I got saved, I, I can't even hardly remember from 1952, and I sure can't remember all the good things that's went on since 1952. I can't even remember your name most of the time. Or Sherry, I got it now. <laughs> and that's who we are. But if, see, salvation is not a yesterday. If all you've got is, if all you've got is, well, there's having revival in 1952 and I got saved. Then you don't have much. Salvation is right now. What did he do for us today? How much of me did I give him today? Am I responding by faith because I have a fresh knowledge of God off the page of the book through the hearing of the word or however I got it, what am I doing with it? That's salvation. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I preached at conference. He wanted me to preach on a, a sustained visitation program. That morning I got up and give what I had and quit. And I was so discouraged I didn't give him much. I told him he was calling on the wrong guy. He said, I want you to preach tonight because we've had a mix-up on dates and I need you to preach tonight. That night I got up and said there's no such thing as a sustained visitation program. But there is a constrained love for Christ that will drive you to fulfill a visitation program. It's either love or it's not at all. So, we've, here we come. we got past salvation. We're in sanctification. Now look at it. Here's what I was going to say. I got saved in 1952. I've been growing in spurts ever since then. I've been out and in and up and down and back and forth ever since then, but I've grown and been sanctified to some extent since then. This is in my soul. So I'm saved in my spirit and my soul is sanctified, but I hadn't, done, I hadn't had one thing yet for my body. Right. I mean, he, what you're looking at, it looks like it wore out two, two souls, right? But uh, he hadn't done anything for it. Over in Ephesians chapter number 2. I'll close with this. If I could find Ephesians in my Bible. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm not going to read all these verses, but he says in verse 1, And you hath he quickened. That means the ones that were dead, he's made alive. Skip on down. All the way down uh, to verse number 4. Everything from verse 4 up describes their condition of a lost man. Then he says, But God, who's rich in mercy, and His great love wherewith He loved us. Now look at verse 5. In the past, when we were dead in sin, He quickened us together with Christ. Made us alive in Christ. That happened 
right here on the target, the bullseye. When he shot the bullseye, put that air in my heart, and I got, I received Jesus Christ. Hey, I was so saved. Oh, uh, uh, be, uh, be, yeah, B.R. Lakin said, when I got saved, I looked and my mama was coming on a sea of glass. Said the trees was bound down because God had saved my soul. Hey, I, I didn't get that. But I was, I was saved. I knew that God had saved my soul. I was so excited. I went to school the next day telling the schoolmates that I was saved. I went to my teacher, told her I got saved. She was, she smiled. I don't know if she was happy or not, but I was happy. That was in 1952. Through the years, I've seen my wife get saved. I've seen my kids get saved. I've seen God work in the church and folks I've seen God do works that I did not think was possible. And grown in my soul. In the past, I got saved in my spirit, verse 5. In the present, I am now raised up together and made to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's been going on for... 70 years. I mean, he's, he's allowed me to sit in, in, in those places, to be there when God worked, to hear God speak, to know that He's moved, to see my kids saved, to see, see Him do work. Verse 7 says there's a future. That in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace, His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. In the future, a trumpet's going to sound, the archangel's going to shout, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, we'll be caught up with them to meet Him in the air, and so shall we ever be of the Lord. And it doth not yet appear what we'll be, but when we see Him, We'll be like him. He's going to do something with this body that this world is going to ooh and ah over. I mean, you talk about a hunk. I'm going to be a hunk. Well, we didn't get very far, but we got introduced anyway. It all begins with a breaking, and that's what I want to talk about next time. There's the target of the breaking. There's the timing of the breaking. And there is the technique of the breaking. I hope I can preach that.